Testing, testing. Hello. That's about the same as yours, wasn't it? This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors of regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today we have uh, one of the very few repeat guests that we've ever had on the podcast. His first appearance was such a smashing hit that we've invited him back for round two. Uh, Today our guest is none other than Philip Skelton the third, a.k.a. Philly Special, a.k.a. the Bishop of England, <laughs> a.k.a. Phil. Phil, welcome to the podcast. We are glad to have you back for a repeat appearance. Yeah, I think I'm glad to be here. We'll find out, I guess. What do you mean you think you're glad <laughs> to be here? I'm not sure about that intro, but anyway, I've had worse. Well, there you go. <laughs> Look, uh, your your Friday lunches at Johnny's would have gone over a lot better if I had been there to introduce you like that Probably every Friday. So. Probably so. Uh, both of our listeners uh, are <laughs> excited to hear from you today and to glean from your wisdom. And by both, I mean my mother and your mother. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume they can get podcast in the motherland <laughs> yeah, across yeah. the pond. Although my mother might not understand how to get it. But. Well, there you go. She would be in the same boat as mine. Uh, as always, we want to begin the podcast today. I don't think we, we did this. We've come a long way since you were on the podcast the last time. Uh, we don't yet have a real sponsor, but we do have imaginary dream sponsors for the day. <laughs> and I'm a little bit torn on who we ought to, uh, have as our faux sponsor for today's episode. Part of me thinks that we ought to just go ahead and go with Corporal Ray's. Since yeah. most of Since your paycheck there. goes to <laughs> yeah. Corporal Ray's and you have a stool with your name on it. Yeah. And you're like, I was thinking about it this morning. You're like the norm of Corporal Ray's. You know who Norm is, yeah, right? Yeah. On Cheers. Yeah, was yeah, Cheers yeah. a thing over yeah, in uh, yeah. Britain growing Cheers, up? Yeah. So I do know that if you spend $40 on a gift card, you get a drink free. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you so go. I get them $40 at a time. <laughs> what a penny pincher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. So we could go with Corporal Ray's. We could go with Osaka. Uh, <laughs> we just had lunch at Osaka. You paid, which was a new thing. There you I go. don't remember the last time we had lunch. And oh, we'll you be going paid. again. <laughs> uh, but I'm a little bit down on Osaka because they tried to sit me in that uh, mini <laughs> chair, and I was like down to my chin at the table level. I and, didn't know uh, you were that I had to high re- I had to rearrange the furniture just to <laughs> get my belly up to the bar. So anyway, we're glad you're on today, and uh, we're going to talk about something that I think is is interesting. Um, we're going to talk about pastor search teams, and there was about you know as you and I have talked about this episode, uh, there's about a million different things you could talk about in an regular pastor podcast about pastor search teams. I really uh, am interested to have this conversation with you because you have just been going through and are in the final stages of dealing with a pastor search team. Mm -hmm. So this is all not theoretical for you, but this is all very uh, practical in real life. 
I'm also interested to talk to you about this because you've never really talked with pastor search teams no, I've never until had now, to do it. and you've been a pastor for how long? Uh, just over ten years at Living Word. I was a year and a half at Mission and two years as a associate. So I've been in ministry about thirteen and a half years. So, um, so I walked in at Mission, and then we kind of one little thing led to another, and I was the associate and then the pastor. And, and there we, wasn't like a, a big formal interview search nah. process, search team, any of that. It just kind of no. happened organically, yeah. All, yeah, going big, on staff and then becoming the pastor. Yeah, yeah. And then Living Word was we a— planted. So yeah, a plant I didn't have out. to interview for that. Yeah, um, so you've been a pastor for 10 years, and yeah. this is the first time you've ever had to deal with a pastor search yeah. team. So yeah, that's yeah. unique. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I think about pastor search teams, I really wish someone at seminary— Mm-hmm. would have told me something about pastor search teams. I recorded an episode um, just a couple of weeks ago, and it, it posted back in December with Wesley Ryan. We talked about, should you go to seminary uh, before you go into ministry, or should you go to seminary after you're already in ministry while you're in the midst of it? Uh, either way, no one at seminary ever told me anything about pastor search teams. It was just a total feel it out as you go, figure it out as you go type thing. Um, and a little bit of advice would have gone a long way for me um, yeah. on the when I think about the first churches that I ever talked to. So, well, I felt like that about church planting too. I'm not sure, and I guess there was classes I could have take, taken, but because they weren't on my radar at the time, I never really. So it's all been kind of new. Church planting was never on my radar. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly no one told me about what a search team looks like or what you do. Or so take two minutes. Give us the short form version. We don't need all the all the <laughs> how the sausage was made. I'm very good at short details. speeches. Yeah, that's your that's, <laughs> that's your uh, my your specialty. <laughs> Listen, short form here. <laughs> Tell us how you got to the point of even talking to a, a pastor search team in the first place, because that's kind of part of your story and, and what we're what we're talking about today. So you've been the pastor at Living Word for... Ten years. Ten years? Ten years, about, yeah. So yeah. explain why in the world you're even talking to a pastor search team in the first place. Okay, so May of 19, and it'd been months before, but by May of 19th, I knew that the Lord was calling me out of there. I could get into the Acts 20 and... Paul tells him, I won't see you, but I'll leave you to the grace of God that will build you up. And that verse kind of, it's one of those things when you're preaching, you know what the Lord's telling you. You can't really embellish on it at the time. So you're talking about the passage where Paul's leaving the Ephesian elders and he's giving them a goodbye, and you're listening to that. I'm preaching on it. You're preaching it, and you're you're feeling like it's real time in your life. Yeah, because he says, because part of the issue was what we're going to, not what we're going to do, but what are they going to do? This is, you know. It's family, we've, you know, you worry about them. And he says, I know false teachers are coming in, even some of your own, but he says, but I leave you. And it was that, it was like that gave me peace to leave because there's a lot of worries, a lot of concerns. And it was like, well, if Paul can leave (laughs) knowing, not, he doesn't say there might be, he says there's going to be false teachers come in and try and like wolves rip you apart. And he says, and it's going to be some of even your own. Yeah. And so that was that point where I was just like, okay, I can leave them based on God's grace and build up. Anyway, Paul had so, to do it, and I can do it too. Yeah, and and I felt like Paul did it in a harder way. I I didn't think or you know have to worry about false teachers necessarily coming in. So anyway, so in May I I announced to them that I would be transitioning out. By that took a while, and and one thing 
led to another. But in November, early November, I think November 3rd of 19, we left. And so we left, in, in I, I think, before that. And just for people who don't know you, you left the church that you had planted about 10 years yeah, earlier. Yeah. And you left not with any particular place of ministry no, lined up nothing. to go to. You we just had, had a, a settled conviction that God's leading me in this direction. Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. And you felt like that's what you needed to do, and yeah, so and I, you kind of stepped out and told them, "I'm leaving, and I don't know where I'm going yet." Mm-hmm. And I had people tell me, you know, that that you need to find a church first. Like but who just, told you that? People. Well, I think you might have, <laughs> and other people though. But but I just knew, and it was kind of one of those, you know, we got to just step out, and and it was hard. So for 17 weeks, I think, not that I was counting, <laughs> I was out, <laughs> not preaching, not, and just staying around Odessa, and I got involved a little bit. And, that's Did when you got a, a, butt in, a butt impersonation or a butt impression. I mean, at uh, Corporal Ray's. In yeah, your, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, there. yeah, exactly, yeah. And I was study. I I did a lot of study, and then the COVID changed everything, right? Mm. So I I was uh, obviously didn't know what where we were headed, but in March, March the fifteenth, Living Word called me back and and asked me to come and help them through COVID and through some issues, and so. We went back on that Sunday night, the 15th. I preached that night. I preached the Wednesday night, and then COVID hit. And so we were back to just doing it by video. And uh, so anyway, when I went back, it was originally for a couple of weeks. And then it became, okay, I'll stay to the end of July, which was great for me. Um, Because you got to preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to be back with them. And they had a need. Yeah, absolutely. And it helped them and it helped me. So it was a perfect fit. So anyway, long and the short of it is a lot of them, a lot of the people, a lot of the leadership wanted me to stay full time. To come know. back. Yeah, to come back. And and I would if I, if I, but again, we were waiting for the Lord to tell us. And then around September of this year, I, I preaching again and I knew the Lord was calling me out. I was talking about Moses and Joshua and Moses had to commission Joshua to now be leader. And I felt strongly that that's what the Lord was doing with us again. So I told them I'd be gone. And, and in the meantime, they'd been doing their own pastor search because I did not want them to put all their eggs in my basket and me tell them, no, thank you, <laughs> and then be left. And so that was one of the, I said, look, if I come back, then we'll work that out, but you've got to let it flow through. And so, yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, when we came back from March, we applied to this one church that I've been speaking to. Um, and Tasha had found it. Tasha, my wife, had found it. She had just searching online. Yeah, looking she at was churches messing around. Open. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She would just look at some stuff sometimes, and um, I think it was on the SBC website or something like that. And and it just appealed to her a little bit. I I, I you know still want to preach Sunday night, Wednesday night. They did that. They had a lot of staff, which was helpful. They had uh, Tasha's really loves children's ministry and things like that, and they seemed to have a really good. It was just looked like a good fit. Yeah, and so. You know, originally I hadn't really, uh, you know, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, and I prayed about it, thought about it, and we had just applied there. That was the only place we applied, and so we applied there, I think, in, uh, try and get my time right, I think it was around May, and so we, I think that's right, I think it was May. Anyway, um, because of COVID, they didn't get back to me till September. They didn't, I mean, I got in a letter in September, an email acknowledging that I had applied. And so <laughs> Tosha asked me about it, and I was kind of like, that's gone. Yeah. Um, and at the meantime, to be honest, I wasn't really looking anywhere because I was just at Living Word, and I yeah. just, 
Uh, so I wasn't. That's the only application we made in that time. We had done two before, but after I left Living Word and came back, that was the only two we, uh, the only one we sent out. So. And that was kind of the beginning of talking with them, receiving that letter, and they they kind of kicked their process back up. And yeah. So in September, I got a letter saying, "Sorry, it's taken so long." Yeah. Um, we've we basically got shut down because of COVID. They said, "If you hear from us again, basically, um, then that'll be the start." They kind of wrote a letter, which was kind of a good letter, really, that said, "If you hear from us, then we're interested a bit. If yeah. not, then thanks, but no thanks." Yeah. And so the next step was a. Um, they texted me and said they'd want to follow up. So at that point, I knew at least I'd got through right. the initial. And that's where we're going to jump in with the follow-up. So big picture, 20,000-foot uh, overview is you're, you're pastoring the church that you planted 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. You feel God leading you to step away. Mm-hmm. You resign without another ministry position to go to. Mm-hmm. You stay in town mm-hmm. because you're waiting on the Lord to give you some yeah, guidance of some sort. Yeah, there's nowhere to go and... and so yeah. Living Word begins a search. Yeah. Uh, they call you back to help a little bit during an interim-type situation, right. and then COVID hits, yeah. and you're able to kind of shepherd them through the COVID process and all the craziness of that. But in the meantime, you applied to one church, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. Yeah, one. So the two unique things of this, we could we could trace these out and talk talk about these in separate episodes, but... You resigned your ministry position without another place to go. That's unusual. Yep. And you you uh, sent one resume, basically, yep. to one church rather than sending a ton out to a whole bunch of churches. And then... And over- before, before, like, before, I, uh, before I, I resigned, I think between when I first said it in May of 19 to December, we applied to two. One, I didn't even get through the... Um, yeah. That Van der Blumen thing, yeah. and they ask you for everything but your blood type. So yeah. that was kind of. And the other one was such. The other one was a, a shot in the dark, yeah. a uh, long shot. But it, it, you were preaching like four times on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So that was all. Uh, that was <laughs> that was basically one of the reasons I wanted to do it. It yeah. was a big, big church, eight, nine, thirty, eleven, and one or something. And wow. I thought, man, that'll scratch that itch. Yeah, 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 get me in. So, uh, but that was a long shot, and they hired in house. So apart from. But when we came back, yeah, it was one place, and and I don't wanted, I didn't want to just chunk my resume anywhere. Yeah. And it, it had to be a fit for us, right? And they asked me that in the process: why did you choose us, or why did yeah. you look at us? And Sunday nights was a big part of that, and other things. So. So here's what I want to know: I got three questions. Question number one: In the process of actually having real life conversations, whether those are email, uh, Zoom in person, in the process of having actual conversations with this church. And in full disclosure, this church has ended up asking you to come in view of a call, mm-hmm. and you're scheduled a couple of weeks from the time of recording to go in view of a call, and more than likely, you will be voted in and will have started your ministry there by the time this podcast yep. actually posts. Yep. In those conversations with the search team, anything that surprised you that you wish you might have known on the front end or that if you were talking to somebody else you might say hey you just need to be aware this could come up or this might happen any surprises in that process i don't know really what i was expecting so first of all i had to send out a questionnaire so um they sent me a questionnaire with 12 questions and you filled out so it's just a kind of waiting game right and then so after that then they asked me for an interview and so 
what surpri- one of the things that surprised me was like uh, my my uh, a bit of nervousness on my part, you know, and 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 ha- I even predicted some of the questions they would ask me, and the answer I would give you now is not the answer I gave them. Like, it, <laughs> I, I, I mean, for one thing, like a funny thing, because we're in Odessa and there's a large Hispanic population, you know, and they said to me, "What's it? Uh, do you have much?" ethnic diversity you know and I, and in your I said, community yeah, in, in more in the church yeah oh, okay and we do we have like it's you know half caucasian half uh mexican half spanish whatever the i don't know what the but it just looks like odessa and i told them we don't and my wife listened back to it and said what are you doing we have and <laughs> but part of it is that they've just been family from day one so i don't really see that you know yeah that but it's answers like that and other answers that you give that you're like what was i <laughs> what was i like if i if if my answers had been written out like the questionnaire had time i yeah. could write them out i could think about it you look over it if that had been a typed interview i would have given better and you think that's partly due to just to nerves and and nervousness in the actual interview process Part of it is nervous. Part of it is you just you've got to think on the spot, right? I mean, yeah. and that's why writing it out. But when they ask you a question straight off, uh, and and some of them were hard questions. Some of them were, you know, you didn't really know how to answer. I, yeah. I the one thing I did decide before is that I was going to be totally open and honest with them, and I didn't try to. And what's funny about that, and that's part of the advice, and maybe you'd ask that later, but is people try to think what answer they want yeah and if i had done that i would have messed up some of the answers i gave i thought would hurt me and they actually helped me yeah so you know you you i'm speaking to six strangers my weird thing was zoom so it's kind of like they sent me the link they sent you and you press a button and all of a sudden bam six people are staring at you yeah that you've so yeah there's nerves there's really not a way to prepare for that i mean it's it is a high pressure deal and they are firing questions at you and you do have to think on your feet and they're you can prepare for some questions you know they're going to ask this 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 this, and i did that but some of those things are going to catch you off guard Mm -hmm. and later you're going to say well that wasn't the greatest answer or that wasn't even exactly right yeah uh, as far as the answer (laughs) goes yeah and I, so I don't know what I was expecting. They were they were great, and and I, I there was, you know, you always expect someone's going to have some hard questions, and that came up, you know. Sure. Um, but they were great from the beginning. But it was just, yeah, the answers. You you, I feel like I would got done better if if I had had it written out and timed, and you I, know. I think one thing that has surprised me, uh, in the past when I've talked to pastor search teams, um is the timing. I, I think the timing is a hard thing to, to figure out as far as communication goes. When do you hear from the team? Yeah. When are they meeting? What are they doing? How are they making decisions? When are they getting back to you? And I think it surprised me how little you know as the candidate about what's going Absolutely. on on the inside and when. And that can really make you anxious at times like you wonder you want to know and it's okay to ask but sometimes the the answer is just hold on we haven't met yet and things take people get sick on a committee covid happens holidays roll around people get busy it's hard to get everyone together and it it's a process it doesn't happen quickly immediately Um, and i think that surprised me i don't know if that was a surprise to you at all 
uh, in talking with these folks. Just the no, that's part of the hard. It, it's kind of like you do one step and then you're waiting for the next, you know. Yeah. And it took a couple of. And I think I do think that probably been helpful if they said, "This is the date we're going to get back to." And even if it was like you know, by this date, if you haven't heard from us, then you know what I mean. Yeah. Then thanks, but no thanks. Um, and of course, someone might get sick or they have to rearrange meetings, and we had to rearrange an interview. You know. Yeah. I know that. I know stuff like that happens. But there was a few times you were like, man. It's been two or three weeks since I last spoke to them, you know, and you just kind of let... You want to know. You're well, just yeah, waiting. And, you, and your yeah. mind goes to the worst place rather than the best place, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole process, especially when we did it in May. We started in May, and so it wasn't even till September that I'd even heard one yeah, one response. So it, it's that was a bit of a challenge. Had I not had a job, it would have been harder because I had living work. Yeah, your situation was a little different. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. I think one thing that has surprised me, um, and it really shouldn't surprise me, in hindsight it makes perfect sense, uh, no one on a pastor search team really has a clue what they're doing. And so there are no two churches or search teams or processes or searches that look the same. Mm. And so you can talk to somebody else who's gone through it or someone who's been on a pastor search team, and they can tell you, well, this is how it goes, but it's going to be different every time. It's, there's not a cookie-cutter formula for how they, how they reach out to you. When do you do a questionnaire? When do you do a Zoom meeting? When do you do an in-person meeting? What kind of questions are they going to answer? Um, it, it, that looks different every time. It's just there's so many variables that go into it. What's going on in the, in the world with yep. a pandemic? What's going on in the life of a particular church? What happened with their last pastor? What's going on with your ministry? It's always going to look a little different. Yeah, and the interesting part for me was I've seen both sides of this because I've been trying to help Living Word yeah. find their pastor too. And so I've seen And you've from, not been on that search no, team, but they've obviously talked to you yeah, and they've I've asked for your input. advice yeah, yeah. and stuff but like that. But I've tried to stay away from man managing or being a part. I wasn't on the team. So um, so give me, give me, if you were to sit down with a, a fellow pastor— who was beginning the process, he sent out resumes and a search team contacts him, and he's going to begin the process of talking to a pastor search team. What advice would you give him, having just gone through it yourself? The first, the biggest piece of advice is what I just talked about a bit ago, that you've just got to be bluntly honest. And why wouldn't a pastor be bluntly honest? Well, well, I think sometimes they're scared of what they really want to do or say because they think that's going to lose them the job. So, for instance... So it's kind of like dating. It's kind of like... Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. And that is exactly I'm trying like it to, is. The church I'm trying is to be who best. you want me to be, yeah, and you're trying absolutely. to be who you think I want you to be, and absolutely. no one's being themselves. Absolutely. And six months down the line, I don't want them to say, well, that's not what we want at all, and they don't want me to do the same. So yeah. there was a question, for instance, about altar calls. I love altar calls. I do them, but most churches are not. And so when they asked me about an altar call, if you're asking me what do they want to hear, I would have probably said they don't want one. Right? Turns out they do, and I did, so that was a good fit. But even a small thing like that, I could have erred on that and said, well, I'm not too bothered. I am. I, that's a pretty... It's, it's, I guess it's important but to me. But even though that's a conviction for you, when the question came up, there was at least the thought of, yeah, I think to... I know what they want to hear, 
and I'm going to go ahead and be honest anyways. And it worked in your favor. It worked out okay. Mm -hmm. But you do have to settle that up front in your mind. Absolutely. Going into it, they're going to ask questions, and I may think they want to hear A, but if B is the truth, I'm going to tell them B. And if it sinks the whole thing, it sinks the whole thing, so be it. Yeah, and I'd rather be kicked out than have to go to a place, and then what do you do? What do you do when you get there? So, for instance, if I said... You know, I don't do altar calls, and then I start doing them. <laughs> we got all kind, and to be fair, I want them to be like that with me. I want them to, you know, better um, to find all that stuff out in the yeah, interview absolutely. search process than six months in. Yeah, just like a marriage, just like dating, just like yeah. what you said. And and there's always going to be a bit of putting your f- best foot forward, you know. Sure. And another part, another hard part, and another thing is, I think sometimes it's okay to say I don't really know. Rather to a, than to a question, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think sometimes I rambled on for ten minutes when, you know, I could have just probably said, "Look, I'd have to have more time to think that through or, or think about." And that sometimes or, in an interview process for a pastor search uh, team looking for a pastorate position, sometimes they ask you a question. Maybe it's doctrinal. You really don't know the answer. You you'd be better off just to say. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'd have mm-hmm. to do some digging. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's more of a philosophical, met- methodological question. Yep. And sometimes you just, rather than rambling on and trying to think on the fly, sometimes it's just better to say, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I would want to think about that, and I'd want to talk to some people. I'd want to get some advice. And it's okay to admit yep. that you don't have all of those answers on the front end. I think that's a really good piece of advice for guys talking to pastors. When I did teams. do that, for, so one of the questions was like, what are you going to try and do in the first 90 days? Yeah. you know. And I jokingly said, change everything. So half of them laughed and half of them stared at me like, yeah. I just said, no, I'm just kidding. But I said, look, I, the first 90 days, all I can do is try and meet people and do that. But I know nothing about you. Yeah. I can't answer that question. And it was another question was where do you see yourself in five or ten years? You know? And I can't really answer that question. So there was times where I said, Look, I know this is probably not the answer you want or maybe it's not as in depth, but I'd I can't tell you that. I'd wanna be wherever the Lord tells me. You know, right. and in the back of your head you're thinking they want me to commit to you know, oh yeah. I'm gonna be here for the you know. Yeah. And I, I don't want to I, I, I another thing is I don't want to promise anything in that that I can't deliver. Yeah. Whether it be numbers, because it can be used against you. Yeah, whether it be numbers, whether it be how long you're going to be here. Like, what do I do if I say, yeah, I'm going to be here t- for ten years at least, and then six years in, yeah. the Lord's call. I, I, you know, yeah, I, and with numbers too. Yeah, you know, like how many people? Yeah, well, I don't know that. I yeah. can't tell you that. I think one of the things I would advise guys going into the process is, and I didn't do this as a, a young guy. When I was first getting into ministry, and unlike you, I met with pastor search teams from the get-go, yeah. and I was a very confident seminary student, and I didn't think I needed to prepare for these interviews. Mm. And let's look, doctrinally, I didn't need to prepare for them. Biblically, I didn't need to prepare for them. But practically, yeah. for the specific church that I was meeting with, I should have gone into those meetings with questions of my own mm-hmm. that I could ask them. And I think a lot of guys don't do that. I didn't do that on the front end. I just went into the meeting. I answered all their questions and felt really smart. Yeah. And then at some point they say, do you have any questions for us? And I would kind of say, well, no, I don't think so. You should have some questions, yep. and you should think through, where is this church at? What's the history of this church? Absolutely. What are some of the challenges I'm going to face? Why did the last pastor leave? Yep. Why did they bring this up in a questionnaire or an interview? And you ought to have some things ready to ask them, because 
the reality is in this process, you are interviewing the church just as much Absolutely. as they're interviewing you, and, and you want to make sure homework. it's a fit yeah. both ways. And they're doing the homework on you, and that's another thing. You've got to do your homework. Yeah. And I'm different. I'm not so bothered. My whole thing is like if the Lord's calling me there, the size of the city, all of that, that's not what I'm saying. That doesn't bother me. I'm not going to turn down a job that I think the Lord's calling me to because I don't like the place I'm going to, you know, Yeah. or, or anything like that. And I, I, I just think you need to figure out if it's a good fit what you know and do your homework on them sure uh, as much as they are on you so that you have some kind of idea yeah um, of Any, what you're walking into anything else that you would say for a pastor or a, a prospective pastor going in he's about to start talking or he's in the process of talking with the search team things that you would advise him to do or not do no, I think you cut. I mean, answering, asking questions. You helped me with that. I did have some, and 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 that helped me. That helped me, and it kind of makes them answer some too, and and makes them think through some stuff. And I think that's a really good idea about answering questions. I think just be yourself too, right? Yeah. I mean, I I always joke with people, and that just came out, and I think that helped me too a bit. Like it was, it was awkward because it's Zoom, right? I I would have felt better face to face. Yeah. But. You have to deal with that, you know, and 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 uh, just be yourself. Don't, you know, jo- I I I I acted like I knew them from the beginning. I think in the ve- the second interview, the first thing I said was, "This feels like a second date. We're doing all right." And like just to kind of, yeah, you know, just to break the ice, just to show them. And 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 you have to, you can't let everything. Like there were certain people in there that you couldn't read. Yeah. You're trying to read people's reactions. Kind yeah. of, you're trying to gauge. Was now one of the ladies would say, "Oh, that's a great answer," and so you know she was. But the some of them were kind of stoic and kind yeah. of had a poker face. Don't read too much into yeah, it. Yeah, and it turns out, and that's exactly right because it turns out that the 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 ones who had the stoic faces and you weren't have been some of my, you know, uh, supporters and the ones yeah, that yeah. are really excited. And yeah. so y- you can't. But it it is. It's. I don't know if you struggle with that preaching. Sometimes you get reaction from someone, and you, it, you know, it makes yeah. you think like, what? Well, did I just say something wrong? Or, or yeah. So I, no, I wouldn't read too much into people's, and I wouldn't let that derail you because yeah. it can. And I like that advice. Be yourself, because yeah. I, I think one of the best things I got from my seminary course in preaching was you got to find your own voice. That's not easy for guys to do when they're preaching. I can't try to sound like Phil Skelton. Phil Skelton shouldn't try to sound like me. None of us should try to sound like David Jeremiah or David Platt or D.A. Carson or whoever it is you like. Shouldn't try to sound like anyone but yourself in preaching. And that's also true in an interview. Be yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Don't... If you're not a funny person, don't yeah, try don't to crack time. jokes. Yeah, yeah. And if, yeah, if yeah. you are a jokester, don't try to be super serious. Yeah. Like you just really do need to, as much as possible, be yourself. Because at some point, they're going to figure out who you are and you're going to figure out who they are. And you don't want that to be a, a totally shocking thing. What about one last thought? I mean, we could keep going with advice and, and little snippets here, but what would you say to somebody, maybe a friend, who is a church member. They're not a pastor. They're just a church member, and their church is without a pastor, and they get voted or nominated or placed on a pastor search team. What advice would you give them, somebody who is just a regular church member, and all of a sudden they're serving on a pastor search team? Because they haven't been trained for that. No, no. How would you advise them? What would you tell them? 
I think I'd make sure that they really felt that they should be on there, right? And at that point, that kind of seals the... Because there's going to be a long road most of the time. And so I, you I, would want to prepare them. This is not going to be easy. Uh, yeah, you, better, and, you better feel called to this because it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think there's days, and I think the pressure gets to them. And well, most The most, pressure of what? what? Most lay leaders, for instance. Not, maybe not every member on the team. Maybe some take more of a back seat than a front seat. But most leaders, and I think this is in church, if you put a lay person on as a head of a building committee, as head of a search team, as they're not used to that, right? And that's a lot of pressure. And I think when push comes to shove with a building, with the search team, afterwards, if things go awry, whether they like it or not, people are going to be looking at them. So if you move in a building and it's got shoddy something, then it's on you. If if you pick the wrong path... If it doesn't work out for whatever reason, and I already told that search the search team, like I'm going to need your help as we transition here. I want your yeah. help because it behooves us to. So the pressure's a lot, and I, I think and people at the just... front end say, "Oh, I can handle it," especially yeah. the leader. But it's church pressure when I think it's really good for people because I, I, I they understand. I think they get a little taste of what being a pastor's like and being a leader, and because you're not paying these people, you know, you can't. Yeah, um, it, it there's pressure to it's get not the, work. There's pressure to get the right guy. Yeah. And there's also pressure to get him quick. Yeah. And we talked about that at lunch, just yeah. different situations where a search team goes through a process, they narrow it down to a couple of guys for whatever reason they don't work out, and then you got to go back to square one. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to go back to the last step and to get someone else that almost made it through the process who's almost a good fit. Yeah. Who checked most of the boxes and just settle with that. Churches do that all the time. Yeah, it's not uh, good. Church members get anxious, they get uneasy, they get impatient. And I think those people on a pastor search team, I think you're right. They they deserve to know up front this is going to be hard and right. long and pressure packed yeah. and there's going to be disappointments and setbacks and discouragement. You're not going to agree on everything. No. There's going to be frustrations and maybe divisions on the team like you're gonna have to give a lot of time the search team with me has spent lots and lots of time i mean yeah yeah and And you're not getting paid for that no and they've taken time they've almost joked and said they're like a second family they spent more time with each other yeah over when they started going and getting this thing done yeah they spent more time with each other than they do their own family so it's a lot of time it's a lot of pressure but and there's a lot of humility there's a lot of you know uh, for the good of the team kind of idea. Um, and so there's a lot of that, but there's also a lot of blessing. And I think the greatest blessing is to stand back after all of this, knowing that you didn't really know what you were doing and watch God's hand and to stand there one day and say, this is who we believe the Lord brought, you know, and, and to watch God do all of that. There's many, many blessings in it too. So it's not all like this stinks. Yeah. But there, I, I don't think that people appreciate the time or the pressure or, when it comes down to it, you've got to put your name to it, you know. When yeah. you say, we nominate this person, this is, you know, and there's got to be a lot of prayer and a lot of other things too, but they, I don't think anyone appreciates. I think think like when I tell people this will be hard, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I've done, you know. And it's hard to be on the team. It's really hard to chair a team, to be the leader yeah. of that team, yeah. to get a group of people representing a church, moving in one direction. Yeah to keep them on track, to get everyone together. Like, it's a ton, a ton of work. And if you know anybody, 
in a church who has served in that capacity, you know a lot of times they come to the end of that and they feel like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I need a break. I yeah. need to step away from ministry just yeah. for a little while to regroup and be around my family and all those things. I think the two things I would say to someone going on to a team is, number one, I think it's really important to do all the doctrinal stuff up front. Um, there's a million things you want to find out about a person um, when I have talked to pastor search teams in the past, when they don't ask about doctrinal stuff up front, it concerns me. And you just feel like that's a could be a ticking time bomb coming down the road. You just need to get that stuff out of the way first. If someone's not a doctrinal fit, you don't need to waste your time trying to figure out all the rest of it. So find a way, questionnaire, uh, survey, whatever, mm-hmm. to, to check a lot of those doctrinal things off the list on the front end. And secondly, I would just repeat what you said you would advise pastors. I would tell a pastor search committee, just be honest. Yeah. Be honest about yeah. your church. Yeah. Be honest about why the last guy left as much as you can. Yeah. Be honest about the problems. Be honest about the division. Be honest about the conflict or the problem areas. So many times I would talk to a, a church that was obviously not in a healthy place, mm-hmm. and the search team would just say, oh, we're, we're a great church. This is a great church. Like, okay, can we just have a moment of honesty where you tell me we don't have any money mm-hmm. or we're really two churches, not one. We're divided right down the middle. Or we got one guy that's really running the show mm-hmm. or whatever the yeah, issues. Yeah. We got lazy staff members. Yep. Like You just need to be honest. you're going to find that out. Yeah, they're going to figure it all out. And so you got to put all that on the table. And I know churches are afraid if we show them all our mess, mm-hmm. they're not going to want to come. But... Any pastor worth his salt wants to know all that stuff. It's not going to scare him off, but he just wants to know it in, uh, on the front end, and he wants to go in eyes wide open. So yep. I think honesty is just a huge, 100%. a huge part of it. 100%. There you go. Well, it's an interesting process, and like I said, no two search processes look the same. Nope. There's always surprises and uh, always struggles and setbacks, and uh, I think it's good to ask questions. You know, if you're the Absolutely. candidate and you want to know why is it taking so long, well, ask. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a candidate and you want to know how much longer the process is going to take, well, ask them. And if you're a search on the search team and there's things that you want to know, certainly ask. And as much as you can communicate, the more you can communicate in the process, uh, I think the better it is. And I think just end. doing your homework, part of the process for me was watching on Facebook Live. A church, the church checking I'm them at. out, yeah, yeah. Well, checking that, but also checking the obviously the interim preaching, what that was like, you yeah. Know? But the 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 announcements tells you a lot about a church. The announcements gave me clues as to the, so they would give, they were giving the church more information than they were giving me. I found out stuff by just so I'd watch them every week, and yeah, they would say we're down to, for instance, I knew they were down to seven people from listening to that. Yeah. Um. They hadn't told me that, but I knew they were down to seven because of this. So I think you can help and yourself. And during COVID, by... you can get online and watch that. You mm-hmm. can maybe check out a bulletin online mm-hmm. or a newsletter or whatever. So yeah. there's resources mm-hmm. to to try to stay in track with what are they doing. And I Where's feel that process? really helped me. Yeah, yeah. Um, to know what's going on. And he would say, and sometimes they're like, oh, the search team's getting after it. They're meeting two or three. So at least I knew they were working on it. They were doing something. And like I said, one day the guy got up and said, look, we're down to seven. And so I, 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 that helped me. That helped me. It's like, okay, at least I know where I'm at. Yeah. 
So I think just try and find out as much as you can. And like you said, ans- ask the questions, even if you think like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's awkward or you don't want to know the answer. You want to know them before. Yeah, you want to know, you yeah, want to know sure. as much as you can going in about your prospective pastor and about your for prospective sure. new church. For sure. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, we are sad that you will uh, likely be... Uh, leaving Odessa. I'll FaceTime you. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not too much. And uh, you've got a face for radio, which <laughs> yeah, means yeah, you're yeah, perfect yeah. for this medium. Yeah, uh, yes, I've been told and, that. And uh, anyway, we're sad you're leaving Odessa. I know Living Word. Uh, I know it's been an interesting situation where you've left, but you've still been around. Mm-hmm. But it looks like now you really are leaving. Yeah. And uh, not just as officially their pastor, but leaving the area. So I know that they're sad. But we're excited for this new church that you're headed to. Me too. And uh, excited for the ministry opportunities there. And uh, I I pray and trust that you, having gone through this process, uh, the Lord will give you opportunities to talk with other guys down the road who are going through it, maybe for the first time uh, or maybe unexpectedly, and to give them some advice and wisdom and maybe walk with them through it. So all good stuff. Thanks for listening. Uh, to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Big thanks to uh, Phil's stool at Corporal Ray's <laughs> and the Lowrider booth at Osaka, our faux sponsors for the day. Check us out online at regularpastor.com. If you know somebody who ought to come on the podcast, we would love to talk to them. And if you have complaints or constructive criticism, you can forward that to the pastor search team at Living Word Baptist <laughs> yeah, Church. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to hear it. Phil doesn't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Until next time, this is the regular pastor out.